The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. So let's talk about Elton John then, because he is going to be headlining Glastonbury next year, uh, at the end of June next year. He's the headline act. I mean, is he a good headline act for Glastonbury? Well, I think it's a great choice. Oh, and yeah? I think the reason is, uh, even if you don't, like, people are, might be listening to this and going, oh, God, I hate Elton John. But if you're at something like that, and when they get someone like Elton John on, you go, oh, I don't want to hear this. But he'll be playing about 30 or 40 songs, and everybody will know them. And if you don't like the one he's playing, don't worry about it. There'll be another one coming along in a couple of minutes. Hits, hits, hits. That's yeah, what it's about. he is a hit factory, isn't oh, he? Oh my god! And he's been, you know, he's been going since whatever it was, the early seventies. There was a point in the early seventies. He was so successful in the early seventies that there was a time when he was responsible for two percent of all record sales in the world. In the world, no way. I'm telling you. So what? What does that mean? If if for every fifty albums, something one of them had his mug on the face, uh, his face on the on the front of it. That's apparently a fact. He was so successful in the early 70s that he made so much money. All those albums like Tumbleweed Connection, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, all that kind of thing. So there was a period when 2%, and that's when people actually went and bought records. And what was so unique about him? What was so well, special about Elton John? He kind of, he was working for a long time as a, as a session musician in London, you know. Um, the, uh, the Hollies, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. He's the piano player on the back of that. Oh, wow. Right, so he was, he was doing all that and then he was kind of, do you remember, you won't remember this, but do you remember um, the Top of the Pops albums that you, you won't remember? This they used to come out in the seventies, so they were all cover versions, cheap cover versions of that. And he was one of the musicians who used to go in and do all these things. And then when he made his own records, nobody wanted to know. He went to play in uh, the Troubadour in Los Angeles, which is a small enough club still there. And uh, everybody of the kind of rock aristocracy turned up. People from the band and Crosby, Stills and Nash, and they all supported him. And a kind of overnight then. He became a because he was star. so well respected within the kind of that scene. Like he had well, played think, with yeah, them, maybe I mean, as backing he, musician and stuff like that. You have to mention Bernie Taupin, who's his songwriting partner and yeah. has been since the early seventies. So Bernie writes all the lyrics and Elton writes all the music, and they're still doing it as far as I know. And uh, it was just they, they kind of touched into something that was going on with that California sound at the time. And Rolling Stone got behind him, all these magazines, um, and then suddenly overnight. You're talking about top of the charts. And he and he, he made it much bigger in America than he did, say, this side of the Atlantic, you know. I mean, he was having the hits here as well, but it's in America it really happened for him. And once he achieved that level of success, I mean, was it was it a constant story of success from there on in? Or, you know, were there peaks and troughs? Were there well, musical it, experiments that went awry? There was a, there was a, a, an ill-advised dalliance with disco at the end of the 70s. Oh, which really? Is well, if you think, hold on, you gotta, you gotta, I suppose we've got to put this in context. So you have people like Rod Stewart with the... Uh, do You Think I'm Sexy, which, as we all know, as everybody will agree, is one of the greatest records ever made by anybody. And then uh, the Rolling Stones even did it with Miss You. So Elton thought he'd have a go. The records he did weren't great. But then he comes back in the 80s with stuff like uh, I'm Still Standing and all that kind of thing. Huge, huge hits. Uh, I'm Still Standing, Nikita, all that kind of stuff. And it's been just constant since. And what he's done in the last, I suppose, 20 years, he's done an awful lot of collaborations. Oh, this is, he's very clever now in this yeah, one, yeah. not he? Well, you could look at that two ways. You could say it's a very cynical kind of thing. You know, anyone ah. who has a, any, you could, I'm saying, anyone who has a hit at all. You and I are not cynics though, Pat. Elton gets on the phone. How are you doing? I'm Elton John. Any chance of coming along and singing a song with me? Or, you could look at another way. He's a huge fan of music. He's famously, since the 70s, he, he's bought so many. He used to go to record shops and just buy everything. And apparently he still sends, he gets a list on Friday of what's been released and he gets it all into the house, uh, whichever house he's in. He has his own radio show that he's been doing for about six or seven years on Apple. And uh, 
it's very good actually and he gets young artists on so he, someone like say Billie Eilish when he heard of her first just before maybe she'd broken huge yeah. you know he would bring her on to the show just out of I like this and I think people should hear it and then he'd have go from her to recently had uh, Joni Mitchell announced a kind of a semi comeback on his show that kind of a thing so it's it's like I, I was at a press conference that okay. he was doing a couple of years ago for this uh, duet the last duets album and we say press conference it was a Zoom press conference so I wasn't in the presence of Elton but uh, the thing that came across from was that he was just a massive music fan and yeah. this meant I mean, it's not like he needs the money or anything like apparently that. a lot of the people on the duets album as well had never met Elton. Ah, yes, isn't that, isn't that, like the, I'd uh, never heard of him, probably. Yeah, yeah but even uh, that we played a bit of Britney and him earlier singing Tiny Dancer. They oh. that was all done remote from each other. Yeah, you see, like that's like drawing a, a mustache on the Mona Lisa, really. And, and nothing against Britney Spears, but why would you not just leave Tiny Dancer the way it is? I, do, I think that is describing Britney as the mustache. But anyway, uh, you were at his gig well, as I, well I, I last year. Uh, I was. That was uh, yes, his last. Um, it was supposed to be his last one. I think there's another one coming up. But he's on his final tour. And this started before lockdown. This is uh, Goodbye Yellowbrick Road. This is called Farewell Yellowbrick Road. This one's called. So he comes into Dublin. And I was sent It's a long through. farewell. I mean, it's it a longer a, farewell than the Ottoman Empire. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, very hard to, to give up the applause, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and being spoiled and driven around the world and flown around the world. He, um, yeah, he came in. I wasn't expecting an awful lot. I thought it'd be very Vegasy, But he was fantastic. Was it was he? just what I was saying earlier on. It was just hit, 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 hit. He was giving it everything. He wasn't holding anything back. Um, you know, we got Tiny Dancer. We got uh, Philadelphia Freedom. We even, at the very end, got Crocodile Rock. Oh. And he had the camera, this is the thing, he had the camera going into the crowd and it was swinging around and uh, everybody was smiling and laughing. And then he came to Bono was sitting there. It was obviously just on a night out. And uh, there was this lovely mix of mortification and delight. He was just going like, you know, Jesus, don't be showing me. Yeah. Else. But, uh, you know, it was great. He was great. And and as a headliner for Glastonbury, I think he's near perfect. I guess if you're Bono, you don't get the same kick out of being seen on the big screen that the rest of us do when you're at a gig like that. Yeah, I don't Look, know. I'm, I'm on the he didn't, he didn't invite me to his gig last week, so he's kind of made a powerful enemy here. Oh, Karen, he has. Yeah. Uh, Bono, yeah. if you're listening, and I know he's listening. Yeah, I know where you live as well, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Carthy from Hot Press. Pat, absolute pleasure. Thanks a million uh, for joining us here in the show.